the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Constitutional Republic. There's a reason we don't go around saying democracy. Because in these democracies that these Marxist bastards want to turn us into, 51% can vote away the rights of 49%. The reason we are called a republic is that is not to happen here. Now, we've allowed that to happen. After all, how much of what's going on did you vote for? Did you support? How much of it is the absolute and total definition of fascism. We've got an 80-year-old person who is incapable of anything. I'm sorry, it is clearly evident every time this moron opens his mouth. Not only is he just that a moron before dementia struck him handicapped, but he is clearly It's embarrassing. And now he's in Georgia embarrassing the nation again. It does explain why North Korea is getting awful, awful aggressive. China and Russia and their foreign policies as they are mounting to destroy the dollar as the currency of the world. And who could blame them? After all, supposedly the richest, strongest nation put in office, in the highest office, someone who is handicapped. That's what Joe Biden is. I mean, no insult to those people who have handicapped people and people of dementia. We get it all. I added my own family and the rest of it. You know the difference is? We didn't let... My grandfather, once he had dementia, start making choices and destroy the family. Unfortunately, here we are. So this dimwit is in Georgia, embarrassing the nation. And he is destroying the principles of a republic. He is advocating for an absolute and total fascistic mobocracy. He calls it a democracy. The Marxists among it call it a democracy. But that's not what they're advocating. They're advocating... For absolute and total control of everything. They're trying to nationalize what you and Cook County and that joke of a city, Chicago, take for granted. Voter fraud and skullduggery on election day will be the norm. You see, the big contention, I watch a lot of people talk about how could you argue against the election results. Here's a simple reason, without getting dragged into the weeds. State legislatures are to make the voting rules and legislation for those states simple elected officials by the people decide do you want voter id do you want voter integrity or do you want cook county do you want the cemetery to be the base of your voting block like in chicago that punchline of a joke and some states say no you wouldn't believe it i know you know we're from the sewer and a lot of people are stuck there but there are actually states around the country 
that want legitimate laws and elections and a life without that clout where you don't have Cook County judges and city of Chicago scum aldermen under indictment in investor groups like you do in Chicago. Two sitting Cook County judges and that moron with the Viagra in his pocket, Ed Burke and his phony gold Rolex buying Section 8 housing property and making a killing. See, that would be frowned upon in an honest county, in an honest city, in an honest state. But in Chicago, that's just business as usual, right? Table of Wisdom, LLC, you con men. So if you don't like that, you have a choice to make. You can root for the federal government to abide by the principles of a republic and to stick with the the idea that we have federalism and states are in control of their elections. Or you can get these mafia bosses in. I hear you paint houses. Huh, tough guy? You can get these union thugs, these extortionists in, and they can bastardize America, which is exactly what happens today. So as you see this diaper-wearing embarrassment that some believe is a president, advocate for a fascistic rule to destroy the integrity in honest states, no, that's what it is. It has very little to do with the filibuster. That's just in the way. And this stupid, corrupt son of a gun will make it go away, even though he advocated for it when he could put a sentence together and remember if it was Tuesday or July and his address. See, here, we've even got the clips. Let's listen to Joe Biden when he was a man. What is really at stake in this debate, point blank, is the shape of our constitutional system for the next generation. And the nuclear option is a twofer. It excises independence from our courts and at the same time emasculates the Senate. Put simply, the nuclear option would transform the the Senate from the so-called cooling saucer. Our founding fathers talked about to cool the passions of the day to a pure majoritarian body like a parliament. We've heard a lot in recent weeks about the rights of the majority and obstructionism. But the Senate is not meant to be a place of pure majoritarianism. Is majority rule what you really want? It was something when he had two brain cells that weren't arguing with each other, wasn't it? It was something when he wasn't emasculated like he is now. You know many of your supporters believe in order to protect democracy in this country, you've got to protect voters' rights. Yes. As we near the end of year one... Nothing's been done. It's been blocked by the filibuster. Are you prepared to support fundamental changes in the Senate rules to get this done? Yes. What does that mean? Now there's post-dementia Joe, completely flip-flopping. That means whatever it takes, change the Senate rules to accommodate major piece of legislation without requiring 60 votes. That's fascism. That's that democracy, the mobocracy, that these corrupt Marxist scum completely and totally desire. So they can Chicago the entire country. So he's in Georgia right now, and he's advocating for just that. Now the same can be said for Chuck Schumer. You know Chuck Schumer. He looks like a gargoyle with that that hair stapled to his head that he's pretending is real. The bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy Once again with the into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. We will not let them. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge, to change the rules in midstream, to wash away 200 years of history, 
They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? No! It'll be a doomsday for democracy if we do. Now, that once in a while, that smarmy rat is exactly right. And if this goes through, it is a doomsday for a republic, not a democracy, smarmy, for a republic. And what you will do is exactly how you got this dimwit in. You had your corrupt Democrat judges circumvent state legislatures so you could ballot harvest your way into a dementia patient rocking my country. That's what you did. And now you're trying to do it in perpetuity so that you can keep stronghold over offices, the actual people, the working men and women, the honest people, not the scum who benefit from your corruption, not your cartels and your cabal of corruption, not like the, the contractors who get those fluffy contracts in that sewer of Chicago for the Jane Byrne, not like those scumbags, but the honest, decent working people who do not want to be ruled by a mafia. And what you're working tirelessly at is to silence them, to neuter them as you did the good people in Illinois who are held hostage who have been turned into slaves and cash registers for your welfare society that keeps your Democrat mafia in office. So you're not even giving the people, like our caller from yesterday who said his mother thought she was still a Democrat. I'm pretty sure that woman isn't all in for this skullduggery she's ignorant to. And I'm pretty sure she's not all in for bankrupting America for her 17-year-old grandchild. Just like the rest of us. So this is bigger than what just the filibuster. Now, NBC, who all their spouses and them themselves have worked hand in glove with the corrupt insider trading Democrat mafia. That's what they all are. These aren't hosts. These are propagandist apparatchiks who's like Chuck Todd. His wife is working with another socialist piece of garbage politician as he did. They met at some Marxist luncheon, and that's where they're all from, NBC, CBS, and the rest of it. And it's really something to behold. But every once in a while, even those hosts, even those inbred hosts like Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, who I love the fact that they both left their spouses as they were having the office affair. I love it. And I love how just because they're now promoting the Democrat mafia, no one gives a rip. I think it's splendid. After all, no one asked questions when he found the dead girl in his office. But here he is, Joe Scarborough, waking up a little bit. My analysis, though, though uh, worldly uh, weary while giving it, uh, Jonathan Lemire is not about Stacey Abrams. I'm not criticizing Stacey Abrams here. I am making a comment about the political standing of Joe Biden as seen from a woman who's running for governor of Georgia and wants to win that election. I'm not. I, mean, I think he means Stacey Abrams. That's the woman with love handles on her neck. Politicians show up with presidents when they have 52 percent approval ratings. Politicians don't show up with presidents when their approval ratings may be in the 30s in a state where they or want to be elected. Or there's another governor. reason. Oh, Mika's going to chime in. Tell me, tell me, brain surgeon, what is it? 
By the way, nice baby oil on your legs. Getting the tires rotated, and right now in the middle of COVID, that's kind of hard. I mean, I just don't know. I would say this about like whatever. This is this is politics one on one. I find it fascinating, and it speaks less to Stacey Abrams. It really does. That it. God, how? No wonder no one watches it. No wonder no one watches it. So now let's ask the mention dementia patient zero. I spoke to Stacey this morning of a great relationship. We got our scheduling mixed up. I'm going to be, I talked with her length this morning. We're all on the same page. We got and scheduling mixed up. When's the president's meeting? Ah, uh, who cares? I think it's tomorrow. Oh, okay. He's just the president. She has about as much respect for him as the enemies of America have. It's, uh, it's splendid to watch, and it's crucially interesting to understand what's going to happen with the only thing between us and absolute fascism. Four of you signed this letter back in 2017 saying you would oppose changes to the filibuster, that it was important to protect Murray's right to input and all this. I know you said this bill is very important, but I just came from a Republican press conference where they called all of you hypocrites for changing your view on that, and I'm curious what you say to that. Uh, my quick answer is because this is about democracy, not about policy. I answered that in my remarks. It's awful frightening when Congress birthing peoples and the rest of these freaks and senators constantly refer to us as a democracy. We are a republic and we are supposed to remain one. So this kind of corrupt fascistic party cannot destroy the country. Words are very important. That's why I don't let Marxists, communists and scum socialists call themselves liberals on my show. They're the Fourth Reich which is what they are in reality. 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls. What happened to my girl? I to be able to see you. All right, so we've got some uh, show updates for you. We are preemptive. I think there are, is it basketball or is it foosball? What are, basketball, subsidized students. And worse than football, subsidized students in shorts running around. So we will be streaming on YouTube um, after 6 o'clock. I have a wonderful, wonderful guest. I'm really excited about a Heritage Foundation guest. We're going to talk economy at 6 o'clock. But in the meantime, I wanted to go through what I think are crucially important. I call them the Fourth Reich for a very simple reason. They are. They are the Socialist Worker Party. See, there's a misconception out there. Many people, I was reading an article today. The European Nazis. They call them the far right. That's not true. Is it? They call them the far right because they have well-dressed costumes from Hugo Boss or because they parted their hair on the side. They are advocating for the same kind of collectivism the Biden administration is. They are promising to deliver the same type of utopia the Democrat Marxist gangsters always run on. It's going to be great. Just let us in control. And they also promote the same kind of silencing of the opposition that the American Democrat Party runs on. This is why I call them the Fourth Reich. This is why Nazis are not right. In fact, they advocate that same worker party nonsense, that AOC, that Bernie Sanders, that Focahontas, they, they advocate that same promise of utopia. And they guarantee the same silencing against the fascism and tyranny. This is what we're facing here. Now, their greatest gift was the pandemic. The greatest gift, bar none. Look at your life today. Look at small business owners. 
Look at the, 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 the scared nature of Americans, how frightened they all are of germs. Germs that we've faced since we crawled out of the ocean, came out of the caves, and we've been dealing with since the dawn of humanity. It's a terrible thing. We die. We're frail human beings. Yes, we are. You can die of virtually anything. And here's the one thing. You're guaranteed you will die. Nobody gets out alive. That's what life is. We're the only place that said, during that time, you are but a free man. You can obtain property. and You are the king of your castle where no one can rule. The Marxists, the Soviets, communists among us, didn't like that. In my opinion, this pandemic is working exactly as it should. Which is why I always go back to where did it come from? This has been something I've been asking since the very beginning. A lot of people want to get excited. And just promise to be locked in your house and strap that face mask on yourself and your kids and everybody and we'll be okay. And we are here two years later. And we are not okay. The numbers are staggeringly poor and an absolute unmitigated failure. But there are a few among us who have profited unimaginably, unimaginably. And I don't just mean Pfizer, because as you know, everything is brought to you by Pfizer. I mean these so-called doctors who studied in books when they graduated school, big fins on the back of the car were, the, were in style. That's when Dr. Science... Fauci graduated college. They had Chevys with big fins on them. He's been employed at the government, which is good at a lot of stuff, isn't it? Where's the successful government program? I'm wondering, where is it? So I want to know why, number one, this failed graduate from 60 years ago is now a pharaoh and a god in America. And you know what? There's some other senators and there's some other citizens that demand to know why also what did i you did you talk with any of those see, scientists but privately you keep the, you keep the story you? the truth it is, it did is you stunning talk, how did you, you do talk that? to any of the scientists privately yes who wrote the opinion you did well what were they telling you privately well let me explain you know you're going back to that original discussion when i brought together a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind so you not only are you distorting it you were completely turning it around. As For most you of the scientists do. that came to you privately, did they come to you privately and say, no way this came from the lab? Or was their initial impression, Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I, do you think it's a great success what's happened right. so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the right. government. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. So you think it's a uh, winning success, what you've advocated for government? And that's the point to look at. We've been listening to you and people like you, technocrats 
and collectivist demagogues. What's the result? Do you think you've won? Do you think you've had an effect? Or are we going to argue in your hypothesis that things are better, even though we know they're worse? There are actually more than just Rand. There's a Senator Marshall who, in a hot mic moment, Pickleface called a moron and was caught on mic. But before, he had some very good points that Fauci couldn't answer. Am I up against the clock? Why did I just... All right, listen, when we get back, I'm going to play Senator Marshall. When I get back, I have a guest? All right. All right, here, let's go to, let's go to Bill. I can't even go to Bill. I can't go to Bill. I can't go to George. I got to go. The fastest show on radio, 312-642-5600. After the guest, I'll take your calls, and I'm going to play Senator Marshall. But after the guest, we'll be back after this. When you hold me in your arms so tight, do let me know. Nice pick on the song. I'll almost forgive you for leaving my mic in. Granted, nobody knows. I'm having conversations in my ears, but since the beginning of the pandemic, Step one irritated the hell out of me. It really, really did. I was very uncomfortable with this notion that I had to strap on a slave plate for the benefit of others. That's not how I live my life. Sorry, you could take your society, the one that's trying to take my money, the one that's trying to control my business, the one that wants to tell me how to raise my kids and live my life, you could take it and you could stick it. So now... I had to adapt. I had to go somewhere that protected my individual liberties. I have to confess to you, aside from a few times I've been in the sewer of Chicago, I haven't worn a mask, and the mask I have is customized. I don't like it, let alone the tens, if not hundreds of studies that prove it is nothing. Sorry, it doesn't work. There's other people that feel my way, and the people who live in reality. Rob Cruz is one of those people. I wanted to bring him on to discuss because it looks like he's being squeezed out of a board. He's on a school board. Is that right, Rob? Yes, Sean. How you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, buddy. So tell me a little bit about the situation. You're on a school board. You didn't like the idea that kids would be taught how to be slaves. And you wanted to push back against an act of futility that made people feel good in the fact that all it did is still spread the virus and Oak Park and all the rest of the Democrat Marxist strongholds have just as bad numbers, if not worse, than states of, that are free people like Florida, right? Well, yes. And to, and to summarize it, you know, in July, around the 17th, the governor came out with the health department and said, we're going to let the school boards decide. Then after Lollapalooza, he comes out and says, oh, I changed my mind. And... You know, we, we went on the uh, advice of our administration to go with mask optional, which was actually directed down to every school district by the health department. It said masks were encouraged but not required. And then the governor, I guess, was didn't, disagreed with his own department and stepped in. So I asked the court, why does the governor get to decide this when Bill 82789 has not been enacted in law and doesn't give him the authority to do so? I'm looking for relief to at least bring the local authority back to the schools and each town so they can make their own decisions. And, of course, our lawyer um, for the school board district decided he was going to intercede, um, probably because he's part of the problem maybe, and ended up with all the other lawsuits are in Sangamon County, but mine ended up in Cook County. Oh, so, so, you, so <laughs> just so I understand this, you've got a case 
before a Cook County silver shovel judge. And you're advocating for the liberty of the individual versus the tyranny and futility of the collective. Do I have it right? Yeah, in a nutshell, that is 100% correct. Is your lawyer laughing at you that he knows he's going to make money for nothing? You don't stand a chance, brother. No, well, you know what? Then we got to then we got to show it to what it is. Then, right? We got to I mean, show what is the, what that is. What are the odds that you get before a judge that stands on the principle of law as a shield versus the spear of tyranny of their demand? Well, one wonders why we're even there. The governor lives. The governor's office is in Sangamon County, and everything is down there. I know there was a there's a big lawsuit now that they tried to move and. You know, this judge down there decided that that was against it because that's where it's supposed to be at. And so now all of this stuff has happened and, you know, we lost and, you know, we're going into the break. I get a a letter last week on Wednesday saying that there's a special board meeting and it's a resolution to draw up to have you removed from the board. I didn't commit a crime. I haven't stolen anything. Oh, but Rob, you did. You did commit a crime. You went against the agreed-upon fascism of the mafia. That's a crime. You're lucky you're in the government. If you'd have been in a gambling house, you'd have been trunked. It's the same thing. You spoke against the tyranny of organized collectivists. Same thing. You got a big problem on your hands. Now, here's what you probably did. You probably rallied people who feel the same way you do about the issue. And to me, Rob, the answer is always simple. Take away their money. Because for every name on their roster, they're paid exorbitantly, regardless of the results they deliver. So now you are on the school board. You're running for Congress. You have a choice to make. I would turn this into why school vouchers, if you're going to continue a socialist system of educating everybody's kids, school vouchers are the only alternative or homeschooling. I think you could pivot on this and use this corrupt example of a corrupted judicial system in your favor. Well, and I appreciate the advice. Um, I think right now I'm focused on fighting back and, and fighting for parents and people who may disagree with this. I, I even know the archdiocese is doing something like this, and I'm going to say it like this. If I'm going to be removed, then I'm going to tell the truth. And what's, been, what's going on here is I'm being targeted because I refuse to accept government overreach in America, period. I understand, Rob, and, and 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 what's your next step legally? I mean, you know, to me... Yeah, so this is how the process works. Typically, someone has to commit an egregious crime, a felony, um, you know, uh, something extremely egregious, stealing, murder, you know, something bad. And then it goes to the regional superintendent, in the in the, which would be in the su- Southern Cook County area over here, and there's a resolution drawn up by the board, and that gets turned into them. And then there's another hearing there. And once you have your hearing there, if it moves forward, it has to go to a judge. Now, uh, this is a precedent, Sean, of removing elected officials yeah. who disagree with the narrative. And it's probably because I've chosen, you know, to walk the path of, you know, of, of the of the I don't know what you call that the the lonely road, or <laughs> or it's because I'm Republican and. And now I'm being attacked. So obviously, you know, what did I do wrong? I didn't commit a crime. And so we're going to fight it tooth and nail. We have a bunch of people coming out. Our hearing is tomorrow at 630 at Oaklawn Community High School on the corner of 95th and Southwest Highway. 
we have a lot of people who have, uh, who have supported, and I want to take the opportunity to thank everyone who online who has been sharing in their groups, posting on social media. Um, even a group of parents wanted to throw a rally for me. I think this is the kind of uh, moment where I'm starting to see the, gal- uh, the galvanizing of the, the stop of government overreach. And some of these people aren't even Republicans, Sean. They're just people who said, I'm done with it. We got to stop this. This what is can good. I do to this help is you? good. This is good. And I love it. But um, has your lawyer agreed to help the, the parents fight off the FBI and the investigations as domestic terrorists? Well, we're, <laughs> we're not a party to that case. So, um, <laughs> I mean, Rob, it's, is it not perfect, though, if you just step back for a minute? Is sure. it not perfect? You, you're stuck in a Chicago Democrat gangster like Merrick Garland, also known as Fairface, who months earlier said that parents that stand up at board meetings will be investigated as domestic terrorists by the FBI. And now they start to implement such atrocities as removing elected board members who fight against the, 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 the forthright collectivism in the futility of their rules and dictate. And now they can remove you for we don't even know what. What's the last, when's the last board member to be removed? And what was the pedophile case he was on Dateline? Because that's the only time I ever remember anybody being removed from a school board. Yeah, uh, yes. And, and from what I understand, a lot of the uh, friends in the, in the other, in the industry, other superintendents that I've reached out to that, you know, I've become friendly with over time here, have said this is the first time they've ever heard of anything like this. So, you know, and I'll, I'll say this to even our elected officials now. If they're coming to do this to me, it's tomorrow they're coming to do it to you. So, it, so we, we've got to find our, our, our passion with this, and we've got to galvanize right here, right now. Um, this is not a Rob Cruz issue. This is a team issue. This is an issue of conservative voices being canceled because we stepped out of line and we didn't go along to get along. I love it. Where can the people go to support you? So yeah, tomorrow night, you know, I'm going to make it real simple. Tomorrow night, go to Oakland Community High School. Please come. You know, be respectful, but we want to be, um, we want to voice our opinion. I'm looking for people who are ready to be boisterous. I'm looking for people who are ready to speak their minds. I'm looking for people who are ready to, ready to challenge the status quo. Sean, when I first met you, I told you the way we're going to get out of this is we're going to stand up and we're getting people's faces. Remember that conversation? I do, yes, yes, yes. That's what we're going to do tomorrow night. All right. Well, now, and the other thing I'd like you to do is when it's all over, I'd like you to release the other board members and their political affiliations and their contracts, if they have any, with the uh, school board. Because I always like that inside baseball money-making laundering scheme. So if you can do that afterwards, please let me know, will you? I will, buddy, and I appreciate you having me on, and you, uh, you take care of yourself. Thank you very much. We'll take the rest of your calls. Joe and Bill, hang on if you want to be. It's 312-642-5600 after this. So I have referred to sports of all kinds as men in costumes chasing balls. Now, the reason that I go after certain sports are because of the ramifications that happen. I find it embarrassing that in this country... More adult men know the statistics of strangers and their kids than they know policies that are affecting their life and the quality of American future. It's embarrassing to me. I recognize it as a little kid. I couldn't believe when I would listen to these adults rattle off these statistics. And they had no idea what the hell was going on 
right in their own houses and under their nose in their own governments. I think it's the problem with society. I really, really do. But Bill in Hinsdale wants to tell me. Hi, Bill. Sean, how you doing, bud? Wonderful, Bill. Good. Hey, uh, you still? What is the most expensive cigar in your shop? Because I'm going to win it. And if you if you still don't think I'm going to win it, let's put some money behind it. But all right. Secondly, what what do you have against college athletes who their whole life has worked to become a college athlete, and and you say we're subsidized? Nothing when, against when college athletes. They're making billions of dollars, and in there lies the problem. In there lies the problem. So here, you have these colleges around the country that are making billions of dollars, and you're absolutely right, on the backs of the kids who are subsidized by the other students. You've dumbed down the grading system and the acceptance and the enrollment and all the rest of it, and you do a disservice to these professional athletes, as you know, 80% of professional football players five years after retirement are bankrupt. So you don't teach them the whole time because they're, you want them to win for your school so your school can make money that you don't give back to the students. It is a money scheme. It is a fraud scheme. It has destroyed the quality of these kids' lives, the kids you pretend to be helping, the, stu- the, the student athletes, for the most part. Because not every kid who is a student athlete has parents that want them to be both good athletes and good students. So you've corrupted the education system on, a, on the high-level education, and you've enriched these institutions who keep the money, and nobody can explain to me the alum endowments, what they do with the money. To me, it's, it's, it, it's a true fraud, because it's not what it's supposed to be in your intention of it, which is to be an alma mater where kids are proud because they got into school and they're studying real hard and they're playing sports. That doesn't exist anymore. You've got a semi-pro uh, hybrid it system. It does exist. It does exist. Okay. I have a son who just graduated from a reputable college, and now is at a reputable college as a grad transfer, getting a scholarship to a very good college with a very good football team, and you're taking a shot at him? I, no, I'm, I, taking, I I'm, ta- I'm taking a shot at the wreckage it causes because your son, and I'd, I'd be curious to know his answer, if you asked him how many of the students fit the criteria I just went over versus kids like him. See, well, it, it, it takes advantage it, it takes advantage of kids who need the education more than they need the sports. It takes oh, so, advantage so of those I kids. Okay in life, but my kid can't have a scholarship because he worked just as hard in high school. And, and Your kid could have a scholarship. Your kid could have a scholarship if the alums support it. And they yeah. do. Why didn't why do these well, then explain to me why the, why, then explain to me why college tuition has gone parabolic in the last 20 years. Parabolic. It's up over 380 percent in the last decade, let alone the last 20. And the well, reason I, is I can say that about everything, Sean. I, I, I agree with 99.9 percent of the yeah, things you say. Listen, but I got a hard and then, time when you're when and you're then explain to me why the colleges. You want to know something? Here's a radical thought. The colleges should disperse the money they make to the students, and that's how their education should be paid for. Instead of keeping it so you could pay college coaches tens of millions of dollars, Bill, tens of millions of dollars these idiots make to yell at school kids. There's the problem. I think that's a problem you and I can both agree on. Thank you. They They shouldn't get paid paid guts on ghoul. How much did your coach make in college? How much did your coach make? Yeah, let's start there. He made 80000 if he made a dollar. Now you got coaches that are signed for tens of millions. You want your kid to go pro? Let him go pro. 
But don't don't buffer off the cost on the other kids and don't destroy the system as it should have exist. Education for kids instead of a sports mill for pros. All right, I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Socialism is real expensive. Communism, even more expensive. Marxism, chasing your tail around feudalism. 1913, the creature from Jekyll Island called the Federal Reserve was supposed to make things easy. Supposed to protect Americans from fluctuations, inflation, deflation, stagflation. They're terrible at their job. Unless, of course, you're in on the scheme. Then you manage to make a lot of money front-running your decisions. I am so excited to bring on Joel Griffith. Joel Griffith is a research fellow, the Heritage Foundation's Rowe Institute, to discuss inflation, stagflation, currency devaluation and manipulation, among other atrocities perpetrated on the American people. Joel, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today. So I have a real problem with this, and I'll tell you why. I remember what it's like to struggle every day, to worry about rent and bills. I remember also having too much pride to go on government cheese. It seems to be now, in the year 2021, a lot more difficult than it was under Carter's fables and follies and his moronic choices. Are we headed for worse than the 70s, or the way I anticipate, or is Jerome Powell a Keynesian genius and going to pull us out of this? Well, we've got some serious problems right now, and I think it's uh, most of us are realizing prices are rising faster. Uh, they're rising faster than for many of your listeners, faster than any, than their lifetimes. This, you know, prices are rising at the fastest rate since the early 1980s. And I'll tell you what, the Federal Reserve is just the start of the problem. And think about what has happened over this past year and a half. You've had the federal government, you've had state governments, you've had local governments that have been doing their darndest to suppress supply. Think about all the COVID restrictions, social distancing restrictions, the shutdown. It's made it difficult to ship items. It's made it difficult to produce items. It's made it difficult to actually go to the barbershop. It's everything they have done the past two years during this pandemic, they've suppressed the supply of goods and services. And to your point about the Fed, on the flip side of that, the federal government has been amping up demand by borrowing trillions of dollars. And guess who buys up a lot of that government debt? Is the central bank. The central bank prints trillions of dollars, and they've been buying up that government debt, and then the federal government spends it, disperses it, pretty much drops it out of helicopters all across the country. That is the perfect recipe for inflation. Suppress supply and stoke demand, and that is why we have prices rising at the fastest clip in more than 40 years. We really are at a, at a point in history that has never happened before, not even in the Weimar Republic, where it was a decision by government to shut down the true velocity of money and destroy the economy in order to save the people in some fashion, then mimic that velocity of money through creating and monetizing debt. This, to me, seems beyond moronic. 
of which there is no way to claw back that money. And at the time they do start to claw back, what you've done is create a circumstance where a large part of society is advocating for massive costs to themselves. I don't think the average American understands what the cure is going to look like as we allow the Fed to raise rates on ourselves. Well, think about what's happened this last year and a half. There's been some winners and some losers. You know, we see right now some uh, typical person's wages have only increased 4 or 5% this past year. Average hourly wages have barely budged, 4 or 5%. At the same time, the cost of living is increasing 8, 9, 10%. That's a real cut to the typical person's cost of living. But if you're heavily invested in certain asset classes, such as the stock market, You've seen those asset classes explode in value. Think about the stock market. The stock market right now is about 40% larger in terms of capitalization than it was before the shutdown, despite the fact our economic output is barely changed. Well, how did that happen? Well, you had the central bank printing up a lot of money and not just buying government debt, also buying up other assets, and investors had to park that money somewhere once they had those new funds in hand. And a lot of them turned to the stock market. So those that were heavily invested, they've done quite well. Those at the very bottom, people that actually chose not to work, a lot of people earn more off the job than on the job. And of course, a lot of people were forced off of the jobs because government policies. But those individuals that were unemployed did pretty well. They earned more off the job than on the job. But those in the middle class, they're the ones that got squeezed throughout there's, all this. And people an that were looking to buy homes, they got squeezed. Yeah. There's an interesting duality also going on. Because you may think you're doing well in the stock market, but as the stock market has gone up, so has the penalties to access your, your own money. So is the promise of taxation to access your own money. So in essence, you've bought complacency. Only 50% of society owns stock. The other 50% simply are the ones that will forever be bearing the, the cost of this, what I think is a financial crime in helicopter yeah. money that you speak of. So is it really even is there even really a good side if I've made my money I have it in my 401k and now the penalties if I want to take it or even if I don't take it are astronomical as we've allowed the rules of the economy the rules of all ebb and flow and money be turned over to political people versus the principles of capitalism Well I think you put your finger on something very important here the damage from all this government spending, the government borrowing, and the Federal Reserve money printing, the, the, the damage is not just the rise in prices. It's not just inflation. The bigger, longer-term consequence here is that it distorts price signals in our economy. In the free market, price signals are, are, are essential for private businesses to know where to invest. When you have the entire system distorted by these bouts of inflation, it's not just that it makes the cost of living higher. It really warps those price signals, and businesses don't know how to invest. You end up with a misallocation of resources. Now, what that means for the average person is that three, four, five years from now, our economic growth will be less than it otherwise would have been because we end up wasting. Businesses end up wasting so much resources on, on, uh, on projects that just are not productive. Now, it's hard for us to, to actually quantify that, but... Politicians know that they can win shorter term because they're able to pass out all these free goodies. They reap the political yeah. benefit, and then all of us end up paying for it in the future. Joel, when you're at the Heritage Foundation, you guys are sitting around and you're smoking your pipes. That's how I have it envisioned with your with the patches on your elbows. 
Do you not recognize how beautiful it is from the position of government as they have been able to weaken the only strength in American economy, the small businessman, and literally mm-hmm. usurp the power over his property, and in some cases, hoist upon him an agreement to pay something called a PPP loan that nobody knew the disclosures of what it would look like. Does it not, am I just too downfield when I think, boy, oh boy, when you broke the economy, you destroyed the private ownership of it? Yes, so many small businesses were wiped out by these harsh and often needless, I would say almost all of these restrictions were needless. They wiped out small businesses. At one point, they talked to some uh, business owners that processed payments from business owners. They said 20% of the checking accounts these small business owners were gone, meaning those businesses went under. At the same time, you had governors like Governor Whitmer in Michigan that ensured that the big box retailers like Target and uh, the grocery stores and Walmart, they stayed open. They boomed while smaller retails went under. White people, people that have worked their whole lives to finally become successful and maybe have a couple of retirement, completely gone. It was absolutely immoral what occurred over this past year and a half in some of these very left-wing cities, counties, and states. So I've been wanting to ask somebody this for a long time, Nick, and I, I, I've asked a couple people, and I've never gotten a thorough reply. Why in the world, given what we've done over the last year and a half, both parties, by the way, why in the world should the rest of the world honor us as the world currency when we have partaken and broken the covenant of the Bretton Woods Agreement years ago, but when we have basically enriched very specific aspects of our society and said, shut up, mind your own business, as we demonize countries that do the a smaller fractional of what we did, and we call that devaluing their currency. Yet we have devalued the world currency. Why should any country want us as the world currency? I know it's, it's an excellent question. And here, here's the deal. As bad as it's been here, other countries, many other industrialized countries, <laughs> have actually done even worse. And that's why so we're the even best though our pirate. dollar is losing its buying power here at home, which we've all realized, it's actually gone up over the last several months versus the currency. And that's because, think about our economy. Sure, we have places like California and New York, but there's still these restrictions in place. It makes life very, very difficult. But we are very fortunate to live in a nation of 50 sovereign states. And so you have places like Texas and Georgia and Florida that can make up the difference. Other places, yeah. if you go across Europe, they have a federal system where once that central government says you're shutting down, think about Australia. Once they say you're shutting down, you're shutting down. You don't have that liberty on a local level. Um, and that's why yeah, that's why you actually see us in some in some aspects outperforming relative to other countries. But uh, we shouldn't be giving ourselves a pat on the back because of that. We're still yeah. suffering here, and the average family is still seeing their standard of living going down year over year because of these dastardly monetary and fiscal policies of our government. Yeah, it's the best. We're the best looking pirate. That's that's pretty much the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, as you think that the average American understands. I mean, I think it's outrageous that they're talking about a, a, a rate increase a quarter. I saw Jerome Powell today in front of the Senate, and I have never been more concerned as he looked like a cast member from Benny Hill. Answer questions I don't think he's qualified to answer. I think it's going to be one rate increase, a calamity, and they will reverse 
reverse course because they've okay. painted themselves in this Keynesian corner. You think I'm right? Yeah, or well, right? and well, I, I was watching those hearings uh, as well, and I was absolutely shocked. I shouldn't have been. But so many of these uh, left-wing senators, instead of asking him <laughs> about the, the irresponsible actions that they've done in printing up trillions of dollars and buying government debt and hurting the American family, what were they concerned about? Do more. Left-wing senators kept asking about climate change. What is the Federal Reserve going to do to combat climate change? Talk about missing the forest for the trees. I mean, they're focused on the wrong problem altogether. The very same time their constituents are suffering from rising, skyrocketing energy costs and housing costs, rental costs and food costs. They chose to talk about climate change. I want to ask you your prediction for the future, but I'm afraid you're going to give me the Mr. T in Rocky Three and just say pain. So what is your prediction for the future? (laughs) Well, I do think that the Federal Reserve is cognizant that uh, these rising costs, um, these are not transitory. These have been going on now for well over a year. American families are suffering. This is a real problem. They recognize that all the trillions of dollars that they've printed, um, these, once banks start lending out those resources, we could see inflation increase even more. I do think that they're going to try to ensure that the inflation stays under tap. But really, there's no easy way out of this. The mistakes have been no. made. Our federal government spent too much. The Federal Reserve bailed out the Fed by buying up the debt. Um, so there is going to be some pain. Really, what we need to, what Congress needs to do, is recognize their responsibility in all of this. This was Congress that chose. And Republicans, like you said, Republicans and Democrats, Democrats have been far worse, honestly, on this. But both parties chose to borrow and spend extravagantly over this past year and a half. And there was no real economic reason to do so. The economic calamity we faced, the shutdown, there was no real good health reason for that. Government did this. And they continued to double down, even though the evidence was showing that they were wrong. They did not want to admit their mistake. So we did not have to go down this route. Republicans and Democrats chose to borrow and to spend. The Federal Reserve helped make those decisions even worse. Congress needs to go ahead and own up and stop these plans to do even more damage in the future with this Build Back Bolshevik plan that's under consideration. He is Joel Griffith. He is a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation's Roe Institute. I want to use his name to get in one of those meetings. I won't. I don't smoke a pipe, but I have a cigar. I don't have patches on my elbows, but a V-neck T-shirt. I think it'll work. I I'm want to a, thank I'm you. I'm a cigar so guy much. too. <laughs> Wonderful. I'll bring you one. You get me in that meeting, Joel Griffith. Thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. It's funny, you know. I'm still um, still practicing my real estate business. And I'm watching the side of that coin as the separation of classes, and people are calling it a bubble, and they're calling it, it's not a bubble. It's not a bubble. This is the reflection of inflation. People put it on housing prices, and they call it a bubble. What happens when you put it on soup and chicken and bread and steak? Teresa. Hi, Sean. Uh, You know, I dread going to the grocery store because, for one thing, so many shelves are empty. And if there is any stock, I look at the shelf tags and I'm thinking, this can't be right. It can't be right. And, and, you know, some people want to blame it on COVID. It's not COVID. It's the politicians. Wake up, people. And you know what's diabolical is that three months ago, maybe more, it might be six months ago, Joe Biden gave the largest increase to food stamps. That have ever been yeah. given since the, the program yep. started. So, and that is to buy the complacency of the people on welfare so that they do not realize. And I say this because there are good people on welfare. Not everybody is 
is uh, right. a career or wants to be generational. There are people who need it for a short term. It's so that they right. don't understand exactly the failed in policies. So when I interview somebody from the Heritage Foundation, when we talk about these issues, people go, ah, you know, it's too depressing. Don't be depressed because the fix is simple. When government touches it, it gets more expensive. You know, I had, I had uh, uh, Bill on the line. We were talking about just sports and the damage it right. did to college. Although I, 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 I will make that argument and we'll discuss the coaches that make $10 million a year and the rest of it. There's another aspect to what drives up the cost of college. It's government. Whatever they yeah. touch, they destroy. So now you've got people invite, inviting them in to the supply chain issue. I got news for you, Teresa. I personally think those prices and will stay the same. Or I mean, will go higher, and those shelves will be emptier. This is what it's going yeah. to be like, and this is what happens when you put in a Democrat. Sorry, it's just the way it goes. Whatever they touch, agree. they destroy. Thank you, Teresa. You know, I they do. Thanks. The Gold Coast, stay straight. Mary Lombard. Hi, no, I just wanted to mirror what she said. I mean, you know, I'm a legal secretary. I probably make about fifty, fifty-five thousand a year. And I go to the grocery store, and literally, to buy a box of cereal or a loaf of bread, it's over ten dollars. It's I've never seen anything like it. And you know, it's funny. Um, I remember being that kid in the store that wanted something, and we couldn't afford it. And it was a feeling that I didn't like, and I promised right. I'd never go through again. And the reality is, under this kind of failed policies, and this this is a massive fail, whether you make fifty or whether you make double and you have a bigger family, it's going to be the same. Because no one can afford socialism. It cannot be afforded. Ask the people no. in Venezuela. Ask the people in Cuba. Mary, I give you all the credit in the world. Thank you so much, and keep it up. And uh, yeah, I hope I I'll meet try. you face-to-face. Thank you. That <laughs> right. would be nice. Thank you. Thank you. It, it, it's heartbreaking because I know what it's like. Everybody knows what it's like. You voted for this. You did this to us. You, Democrats. It's all you ever do. Fail and destroy things. Mainly the country. Dominic. Yes, you know, Rand Paul missed the question. The question should have been, Mr. Fauci, how much have you made with your investments? Oh, we got that. you decided Dom. to keep this going. Dom, we got that. It wasn't Rand Paul. It was Senator Marshall. Oh, oh Dom. Oh. You gave me the segue, Dom. Stay tuned. Segway. That's a direct quote from the DARPA rejection letter. No, no, it's three. It's three. Dr. Fauci, according to Forbes, you have an annual salary in 2020 was $434,000. You oversee over $5 billion in federal research grants. As the highest paid employee in the entire federal government, yes or no, would you be willing to submit to Congress and the public a financial disclosure that includes your past and current investments? After all, your colleague, Dr. Walensky, and every member of Congress... Now, here's what he did. He forgot about the wife. Wife's got a lot of influence. In fact, I think she is in charge of licensing new drugs and patents and all of that skullduggery. It's a financial disclosure that includes their investments. (laughs) I don't understand why you're asking me that question. My financial disclosure. Let me let me help you. Pickle face. He's asking it to you because you look corrupt. You look involved. And you're one of the few Americans that have profited immensely. He's asking you that because you're a mafia member and you got the nose for it. That's why he's asking you that. It's public knowledge and has been so for the last 37 years or so, 35. Yeah, it's all public knowledge. 
You could just Google it. Use the, the, the evil Google. How does Joe Biden say it? www.google Fauci scumbag. Let me know what comes up. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Oh, I love it. Good song, Bonnie. You know, did I hear uh, Joanne Jeanette correct? The double vaccinated boosted Lori Lightfoot's got the vid? That finally explains it. I know uh, the first time I saw her, I said, Phew, how do you feel? You look terrible. Now she finally has an excuse. Poor thing. No, I'm sure. You know, you're fine. You look great. Don't worry. The suit looks fantastic on you. And you wear those gabardines with the 11 inseam and the 38 waist just swimmingly. Robert Bloomingdale. Dr. Fauci, how much is each patient making, uh, the Pfizer making on each patient? And how much is the government getting in kickbacks, i.e politicians what do you think sean well i think your answer is that um big pharma has never donated more and they were always number two in campaign contributions their stock price has tripled their profits are astronomical and their guarantees held harmless against ramifications from the experiment are not there so it's a big winner for the guys at pfizer and i got 50 bucks says none of them took the shot that they want you to take thank you robert Appreciate the call. I'm just speculating, but I'm a speculator. Don in Bloomingdale. Sean, this republic that we were entrusted to by our forefathers uh, requires honorable men to keep it. And, you know, when I was a kid, I used to watch the the news and government, too, like you did. And it always done. I mean, these people come to these hearings and they get some of them actually get charged with contempt of Congress. But nothing happens to them. No, I love that charge. The police. Remember, uh. Eric, uh, what the hell was the guy's name with Fast and Furious? Eric, uh, the, oh. the old AG. God damn it. Yeah, what's his name? He was contempt of, of Congress. What happened? Holder. That's nothing. it. Eric Holder. Absolutely Eric Holder. nothing. Yeah. And it's a right. joke. And then you see what, what Congress stands for as you watch these hearings for January 6th. When they have all the well, answers what? and they don't want it. And nobody wants to ask, can I see Nancy Pelosi's stuff? No, she's off limits. Yeah. And then you see this clear and present corruption. This is a this is a, a an excuse. This this pandemic for the greatest takeover of American individual liberties that's ever ever happened. Not in World War II. You could argue right. maybe the Civil War, and you'd be close. But this is the first time where you have no rights to even your opinion, let alone your body. And you don't well, want to have a, a hearing about that. You want to just go on. And now these senators, I play. There's only three of them, two or three of them, that ask these kind of questions. And they were given yeah. no answer. As Fauci right. said, it's public knowledge. Well, it's not public knowledge. Nobody has it. And we want to know about your wife, too. And I never forgot about your daughter. Wasn't she on the EpiPen scandal? Somebody was. Oh, that might have been Manchin's daughter. The corruption is what is systemic in this government. And we've gotten used to it because we're watching sports, in my opinion. Thank you, Don. I appreciate the call. It's exactly how I feel. After all, how else could nobody know about this? How else could no one know a senator's daughter was at the head of the EpiPen scandal with a 600% increase in price, and nothing happened? That senator is the guy who all the Republicans love, Joe Manchin. Yeah, he's going to save the day. It's going to be great. I want to know more about Fauci's money. I'm silly that way. Yes, the, the big tech giants are doing an incredible job of keeping it from being public. Uh, we'll continue to, when, to look for it. Where would we find it? All you have to do is ask for it. 
Uh, you're so misinformed. It's extraordinary. Why, why am I, why am I misinformed? This is a huge issue. Wouldn't you agree with me that that you have a you see things before members of Congress would see what? them, so that there's a an air of appearance that that maybe some shenanigans are going on? You know, I don't think that's. I assume that that's Senator, not the case. What I are you talking it's not about the case? My, my financial disclosures are public knowledge and have been so. You are getting amazingly wrong information. So uh, uh, I, I cannot find them. Our office cannot find them. Where would they be if they're public knowledge? So, so Where? It is totally accessible to you if you want it. For the public. Is it accessible to the, to the public? public? To the public. Great. We look so forward you to are reviewing. totally incorrect. Well, we look- and then he calls him a moron. I think anybody that believes Fauci is a moron, I really do. I think if you can't look back at the failures, if you cannot recognize the absolute and total calamity that has happened to this nation by listening to this one bureaucrat, this half-man bureaucrat, how he's destroyed the peace and tranquility of our nation, on top of it, has this country ever been at this boiling point? I don't think so. Senator Marshall doesn't think so. Senator Rand Paul doesn't think so, among others. And then there's that little scandal that broke on Project Veritas. Oh, it's a bit of a scandal. First of all, gain of function is a very nebulous term. But the thing is, is you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function when they say they became sicker. They gained in lethality. It's a new virus. That's not gain of function. According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well, that it's dangerous. And for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. You have said that I am unwilling to take any responsibility for the current pandemic. I have no responsibility for the current pandemic. Dr. Stephen Walker was the director of DARPA at the time of the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. A source sent us this video of Dr. Walker talking about research they were exploring related to mRNA technology and its potential application with military personnel in the field. DARPA, about five or six years ago, stood up an office called uh, the Biotechnology Office, and the real purpose of that was to understand how biology worked and then build design, uh, design, build, and test cycles where you could um, engineer microorganisms to do things that you want to do. Though the main report regarding the EcoHealth Alliance proposal leaked on the Internet a couple of months ago, it has remained unverified until now. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the Department of Defense, written by the U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. Major Murphy makes claims in his report to the Inspector General that, if true, could be damning to the official narrative that has been played out to the world over the past two years. See, I think that's worth an an investigation. What do you say we get a committee together, bipartisan committee, to investigate just what the hell went on and why we're giving money to these entities that appear to have released a virus that shut down the world? You think it's worth a committee? I know I do. But what does Fauci think? Dr. Fauci, the idea that a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally unilaterally to represent science, that any criticism of you would be considered a criticism of science itself, is quite dangerous. Central planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. 
would not be so catastrophic if the planner were simply one physician in Peoria, then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official, like yourself, who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with them. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree that they are fringe. And immediately there's this takedown effort. Why wouldn't you handle it that way? After all, that's exactly what you did, and you got your way, and you seized the principles America was built on. And what's the result? You're going to go off into Never Never Land and live on not just the money you absconded with, but your wife as well? That's a nice score if you can get in on it. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Now you're talking, kid. Much better time. Even in the 70s, much better time than right now. Thanks, Democrat morons. My word, how anybody votes for these idiots. All right, let's go to the lines. Mark, Libertyville. Hey, Hi, Mark. John, how are you? Wonderful, how are you? Good. Hey, I just wanted to, uh, to reiterate to your audience that this little garden gnome that sits in front of Congress and just lies and lies. I want to say, you know what? I don't find this whole thing, this whole coronavirus coincidental, not in the least. You know what? They couldn't get President Trump out of there for three years, and this just happens to magically show up seven months before. You've got the best economy across every metric. This just happens to show up. Mark, there's one thing for sure. This is not a coordinated effort between the Democratic Party and, and, and China these are head examined. Well, there's one thing for sure. The Democrat Party in China surely profited. There's another thing for certain. The yard gnome, as you refer to him, Dr. Pickleface Fauci, surely benefited from it. He's never been more important in, 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 in the country's history. No one has been this important. So it's hard to argue with fact. The other fact is, I don't think Trump would have even come, it wouldn't have even been close had there not been COVID. Although... You did get, well, they couldn't have done that without the Democrat judges changing the, or circumventing the state legislatures to change and legitimize ballot harvesting, also known as ballot stuffing. Trish, Lake Geneva. Hi. Um, other thing about Big Pharma, um, they didn't have to do any R&D, and they don't have to have their little reps pulling suitcases behind them peddling their drug or their vaccine. Yeah, at and least they had to do that when they, when they introduced opioids to the country and killed, we don't know yeah. how many thousands of kids and people. Yeah, at least then right. they had to go back door to door and go to doctors and get that pumped out the old-fashioned way. This was mandated by government. Mm-hmm. And then Rand Paul today, I was watching, and he, he was asking the questions like they all do. I'm just so soured on all of them. But he, so Fauci totally calls uh, Rand Paul out on this political, oh, you're asking for money, you're profiting yeah, yeah, yeah. from, yeah, yeah. which I kind of agree with, 
so, but it's like this guy. I think Fauci thinks he's untouchable. I think I he think is. You're right, Trish. Trish, don't be mad at me. I got all a heart right. out. We're going to go to the stream. All right. So I'm going to be preempted. I do. I do have that much time. All right. Good. All right. Let's go to. Uh, this is an interesting question. Lloyd in Gary, Indiana. Hey, how you doing tonight, Sean? Very hey, good. Uh, I got a, I, I got a question. I don't understand. A lot of my friends have come down with COVID. I had it back in May. They, you go to the facility and yep, you got COVID. Okay, go home. They never <laughs> call you back or try to find out yeah. uh, how you're surviving from it, what's going on with it. They never do no follow up on it. How can they be sure of what they're telling you? Everything's okay. In in any kind of study, they have the control group, they have the test group. Hey, Lloyd, how about when we were kids? How about when we were kids and the doctor would come to the house for a saw buck and check out the kid? Are you okay? Then he'd leave. Then the next day, he'd call. Then the day after that, his secretary would call. And they'd check on how the kid was feeling, how the patient was feeling. You remember those days? That was before Obamacare. Um, That was before all this BS, before $2,200 a month premiums. Gee, I wonder what happened. Government happened. And why would they answer? Everybody's held harmless, Lloyd. They need those numbers to be high. They need need people to not focus on the fact 99.5 of us lived. And they didn't have to check. Right, and they want to scare the crap out of everybody. It's like set your hair on fire and run down the street instead of, hey, you'll survive this. You'll get through it. You'll be okay. You don't hear none of that. Oh, 100% of the people in the hospital are sick with COVID. How else could you get people to listen to a 400-pound necklace beanbag? give you health advice if you weren't afraid how else what time am i out bunny so i want all of you to stay with me so you're gonna go to am 560 on youtube and we're streaming there we're we're streaming at 560 com. that's how you can stick with us and i believe we're on the face of book we're also streaming there as well let's go to fred in lake geneva you got a minute uh hey i just want to know if anybody's seen that uh, Milken Institute panel from October of 19, they basically laid out what they did with this COVID stuff. Have you yes. seen that one? Of course I did. And uh, I also saw the one where they said if you had a catastrophic shutdown of the economy, you could implement a reset of the economy. And in that reset, guess who's going to lose? The people. And guess who's going to gain the strength and the power over them? The government. Seems to be the way, Fred, but you must be one of those crazy conspirators. You're a crazy right-winger. You don't like to uh, look at the evidence that is being told to you by the Marxists and just put your slave plate on and wait for them to save you. You know what that makes you? A non-moron. It makes you a non-Marxist. makes you a man built in Americanism. All right, I'll be back, and it's still going to be the same show. It'll just be online, and I'm still going to take your calls. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I got used to not looking at Twitter. I haven't been on in a year. I deleted, I uninstalled the app, and I have this getter. I like it. It's really nice. It's also nice to know you're not going to be censored. 
I highly recommend you do it. And see, the way that Twitter makes money is on your data. They're constantly monitoring. They have an entire profile of you, and then they sell it. That's how they make their money. Why would you let that scum at Twitter do it? Uninstall the app. Get Getter. I have no interest in it financially, but I do like the alternative. That's capitalism. Bill on the south side. Hi, Bill. Bill, you there, buddy? Bill? Hello? Yeah, yeah this is, hold on. All right, I'll hang on. Yeah, Everyone, I just wonder, Spanish Mike thing. Pence in, in all this. Trump put him in charge of the COVID with Fauci, and he's just hiding under a rock or something. I don't know what's going on. He's not interviewed. He just went into, you know, seclusion. Do you know what happens when you Google where's Mike Pence, Bill? It no. says, the first article is fortune or Vanity Fair. It says, for the first time in his life, Mike Pence is already cashing in on his potential 2024 run. And then the article goes on to say, and if you can believe it, the second couple is living in nearly, nearly a $2 million mansion in suburban Indianapolis. And I thought about this. Why didn't Vanity Fair ask how in the world Joe Biden has $30 million in real estate holdings? How in the world his crackhead son bought a, bought a property on the DuPont estate where Joe Biden had a DuPont mansion? I often enjoy the, the, the two sides of the spectrum when treated by uh, how the media treats Republicans versus Democrats. I find it to be illuminating. I find it to be interesting. But Mike Pence, where would you like him to be right now? Because they lost office a year and a month, or a year and three months ago. I think he's probably evaluating what his options should be. I don't know what, what he would be doing in a Democrat administration. What do you what do you what would you like to see him do? I don't trust the guy. I think that he stabbed uh, not only Trump in the back, but the country in the back. And uh I don't know. I just don't trust the guy. Uh, I would it's never it. vote for him. I well then I think that, that he's probably taking that into consideration. Bill, thank you very much. Bill and, and, and people that feel the same way Bill does. I um I never really cared for Mike Pence. I, 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 Pence. I nicknamed him the Stepford Vice President. I was a little freaked out by the alien hair. And I never liked the answer about lunch, how he only goes to lunch with his wife. Uh, I, I felt he was pandering a lot. But I felt that way when Trump picked him. I also felt that Trump should have been more engaged in exactly what was happening during the COVID seizure of America and the world. I think Trump should have immediately fired Fauci. This is where I, I, I do not fall into that Trump was great and everything he did was great. He did a lot of great things. And for those great things, I appreciate him. I also am prepared to judge him, which is what your job is as an American citizen. And to judge his reaction to the demagogue, Fauci. Tony Fauci should have been removed from office, his position. It's not even office. It's a bureaucrat. This bureaucrat for 50 years should have been removed very early on. Very early on when he lied to the American people and then justified it by pretending to protect first responders. You remember that. How he admitted that he lied. And now that he should have been under investigation the whole time, the first question among Americans should have been, where did it come from? 
Where did it come from? A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins sought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The, the email you're referring no, to as was... You, as you listen to this, this is in, in regards to COVID-19. It will be the same in regards to their favorite weapon of tyranny, climate change. This is exactly the blueprint, the schematic of how science and, in fact, our policies have been overthrown and taken over by the most corrupt people in our government, just like Tony Fauci. So we can use COVID, but get ready for climate change. It's going to be the same exact thing. Email of Dr. Collins to me, if you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it, we got something in Wired no, magazine. No, 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 I think in you usual did. fashion... Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you ever object to Dr. Collins' characterization of them as fringe? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not fringe, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did to not do that? Be- you responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article yeah, you, in Wired, you, you, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got them, I nailed them in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not publications. what went on. You- I love the way in which a liar can lie. I just do. I've always watched the liars in my old neighborhood, the liars in my own family and my friend, as they were able to convince people they lied to that they were crazy. This is exactly, many women out there know exactly what I'm talking about. As the scandalous husband tells her you're crazy. This is the same thing. This is the same thing, only this time it's a corrupt 80-year-old whore versus Senator Rand Paul. Senator, first of all, if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said. By the way, for you scoundrels out there that are fooling around with your wife's friends, listen, this is exactly how you'll get out of it. Has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask. Get boosted. And you've advocated to make it coercive. Take, and take done a look at course, everything you've advocated that I've said. It be done by mandate. Right. You've advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. Right. So again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because this this happens all the time. You personally attack me. And with absolutely not a shred of evidence of anything you say. He pointed to your own emails, you corrupt bastard, you lying fish face rat. He's showing you your own emails. We want to know where's the money that you gave to Dizak. What exactly did you do in the beginning? And how did you silence your critics? That's what he's asking you. He proved it to you with your own emails, liar So I would like to make something clear to the committee. 
He's doing this for political reasons. What you need to do is he said in front of this committee. You think your takedown of I was, prominent I was epidemiologist was not political? You, you don't want me that to was finish because you know what I'm going to say. Senator, that was the question. Senator, Were you political we in taking this, down right. these three point, prominent epidemiologists? Senator Paul, if you would please, um, I'm going to allow this, uh, the, Dr. Oh, Fauci. Shut up. This is that senator looks like the Dutch boy, only fat on the can with her little pillbox hairdo, the moron that she is. There are two reasons why that's really bad. The first is it distracts from what we're all trying to do here today is get our arms around the epidemic and the pandemic that we're dealing with. Well, you haven't been able to do it, stupid. More people are dead this year, dummy. Even the people with your boosters and your vaccine experiment in which the drug company doesn't have to disclose anything. Any side effect, not even oily stool, nothing. It's the first medicine in history, has no side effects, none at all. And by the way, in case you're not watching, it doesn't work worth a lick, which is why the vaccinated teachers in Chicago and the so-called first responders are terrified of anyone without the experiment in their arm, the whole time pretending they're not spreading it and they're not catching it. I also like when Senator Marshall jumps on. That's a direct quote from the DARPA rejection letter. The same proposal rejected by DARPA for gain-of-function potential was not rejected, but by NIAID under your leadership. You funded Project Diffuse and its research that took place at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Why did you tell the committee that your agency has never funded gain-of-function research? Why did your agency award this grant despite it being rejected by DARPA due to its concerns about violating the moratorium that was in place? And finally, will you commit today to release all records fully unredacted by the end of this week so Congress and the American people can know the truth about NIH's role and the origins of COVID-19? That's a reasonable ask. Now, let's see what the liar has to say. So, again, Senator, I really pains me to have to just point out to the American public how absolutely incorrect you are. What came out last (laughs) night. What about your email, scumbag? On Project Veritas was a grant that was submitted to DARPA. Then it distorted and said, by the way, I, I have New York friends. I do. The modern New Yorker doesn't do this. With the A. Why do you do this with the A? If you turn an A into an R and you're not from an ethnic background of a different language, you're a moron. Let's just focus on that for now. We funded the grant. We have never seen that grant. No, I never saw and it. we have never funded that grant. No. So once again. But what did Major Murphy's report states that EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA in March 2018 seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. The proposal was named Project Diffuse. DARPA rejected the proposal because the work was too dangerous and could violate the gain-of-function moratorium, despite EcoHealth's position that it would not. I'm telling you right now, this smarmy rat invested in it and utilized it to get exactly the position we're in, where we got ourselves by the ankles. And he's just waiting to cash in. According to the documents, the NIAID, under the direction of Dr. Fauci, did not reject the proposal. They went ahead with the research at Wuhan and several sites across the U.S. Yeah, it's working out swimmingly. 
And then how else could you get a dementia patient elected? How else could you allow state Democrat judges to circumvent one of the founding principles of a state electorate's authority over its voter integrity system? And then, well, let's ask. Let's ask Dimwit, Wet Sox Joe. Are you concerned overall about the progress on the pandemic right now? Do you feel like your administration is not meeting the targets it needs to meet? Well, I am concerned about the pandemic just because it worldwide is not slowing up very much. And uh, thank God what we've been able to do is enable this look stupid. He says this looks stupid. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about his stupid mask on his stupid Botoxed face even though it's covering up his stupid implant teeth. Been able to uh, generate significant federal help in terms of folks both coming into the hospitals uh-huh. and administering all the help that these states need. That's what we're doing now, but I'm confident we're on the right track. Thank you. He's confident we're on the right track. I mean, what, what else could go wrong? He's in charge, you Democrat morons. What you did to this country cannot be undone. And that goes for you never-Trumper scum like Adam Kinzinger. Why doesn't Adam Kinzinger want to know what happened? How come he never mentions COVID and Fauci? Why doesn't he ever talk about the debt anymore? Remember how that scum got elected? He was a Tea Party guy. 312-642-5600. Take all your calls when I get back. Yeah, I know. I do. It's true, Misty. It's true. There's a reason, Misty. I'll explain to you and the listening audience. 312-642-5600 if you care to be on the program. I just, um, during the break, log on. I like to log on to all the outlets, the uh, internet outlets that have information. I thought I was most appalled at the fact that old lady face Mitch McConnell, he's going to run again as the Senate leader instead of be carted off to prison with his Chinese shipping heiress wife, who have managed to destroy the quality of life under his 40-year tutelage. Since 1984, this scumbag's been destroying our country. And if this idiot is the Senate leader, we can expect more winning in the fashion we've been living for the last year and a half. I thought that was the story to upset me. Department of Justice. You know, the one led by that Chicago gangster, Merrick Garland. The Department of Justice forms a domestic terror unit. See, the problem with this is that we are the Department of Justice is led by a Chicago Democrat mafia capo. He's not interested in justice. He's not interested in the rule of law. He's interested in silencing the critics of the Leviathan, the corrupt Marxist gangster government that Joe Biden and the Democrats represent. So he will misuse that position. He will misuse the intended authority of the Department of Justice. And it's been set up by Republicans, by the way. This was the problem when George Bush shoved the Patriot Act down our throats rather than investigated the Saudis that he was interwoven with for September 11th. So during January 6th, that wasn't just political theater, of which it was. It was a warning to what would happen to people who set against the Marxist mafia. And I want you to hear what I mean. And now remember this smarmy, 
Chicago Democrat gangster is very, very powerful. And his department, the AG, now has a unit focused on what he deems as domestic terrorism. This is the same AG that guaranteed to misuse the forever bothering Italians known as the FBI to intimidate and investigate parents that went to school board meetings. Everything comes full circle here. After the Supreme Court allowed Texas Senate Bill 8 to take effect, I said that the Justice Department was evaluating all options to protect the constitutional rights of women and other persons. No, that's not the clip, babe. The one where he uh, goes after January 6th. That's the one I wanted. All right, well, look for it. In the meantime, I will still go on and tell you how dangerous it is to have a bureaucrat from Chicago, a Marxist mafia capo, in charge of a new agency that the Justice Department was never meant to have. It was never meant to have this kind of authority, let alone intimidate citizens who went to school board meetings and guarantee an investigation by the FBI. And now what he's going to do is take out his real anger against the people that supported Donald Trump, against Republicans in general. He will guarantee that if you are not in on the Democrat mafia, you will be intimidated by it. Just as in Chicago, just as in Cook County, just as in Illinois, where you will not stand a chance without hiring one of their scum lawyers, who oftentimes are aldermen. That's what the future holds under this kind of administration and this kind of corruption. Merrick Garland has now implemented a Gestapo for the department, the, the unjust Justice Department, as he will continue to intimidate anyone who is not a Democrat voter. The actions we have taken thus far will not be our last. The Justice Department remains committed to holding all January 6 perpetrators at any level accountable under law, whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy. That's the part to be nervous about, whether they were present that day or not. Which means if you ideologically aligned with the rejection of this dementia patient being your president, if you questioned the fraud, which is 81 million fraud votes, then you are hence guilty. And why would he not launch a domestic terrorist investigation into those of you that would speak against this brilliant, brilliant diaper-wearing president? I spoke to Stacy this morning had a great relationship. We got our scheduling mixed up. I'm going to be, I talked with her at length this morning. We're all on the same page. Yeah. And everything's fine. How could everybody not vote for him? I mean, how couldn't anybody vote for this idiot? Forget if you didn't know about the corruption, if you didn't know about the 50 years of scandal. And forget about if you didn't have eyes to see that he's unfit to do anything. And if you didn't, look out. We will follow the facts wherever they lead and make them up wherever we need because january 6 was an unprecedented attack on the seat of our democracy we understand that there is broad public interest in our investigation we understand that there are questions about how long the investigation will take this is the equivalent of three guys named Vito, rocco and tony 
coming into your new business in a neighborhood you don't know too much and saying, boy, oh boy, this is a dangerous area. It's a dangerous area. You know, when you lock up, things could get broken. Yeah, they could. You're going to need to hire us. You're going to need to have security. This is a good old-fashioned gangster speech. I love it. And about what exactly we are doing. Our answer is, and will continue to be, the same answer we would give to, with respect to any ongoing investigation. As long as it takes, and whatever it takes, for justice to be done, consistent with the facts and the law. If justice was to be done, he'd arrest half of the people that he parties with on the weekend. He'd turn himself in as a corrupt fraud. That's what Merrick Garland is. It's certainly what... Nancy Pelosi is. It's absolutely what Chuck Schumer is. And it's unequivocally what diapers Biden is. I understand that this may not be the answer some are looking for. No, but it's the warning you want to convey. It's the intimidation you need. It's the extortion that built your party. It's the fraud that got you in there. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. Money, you do pick the best music. Sometimes you'll leave the mic on, but you do uh, you do play the best music. Um, I'm going to turn over the last half hour to you guys. Give me a call. But I do want to bring up a topic because, as you know, I am flipping through the news articles. This is, oh, this is the Pfizer CEO. So I was just reading, you know, how, how I, I always got nervous when they were saying new normal. New normal. I don't like new normal. See, because America, it's not normal to have a government that is smaller than the people. We've had that overthrown. But when they took over our economy, took over our lives, took our businesses and put us under house arrest, they started to say new normal. I said, I don't like the sound of that. So I made a couple moves, a couple choices, and positioned myself what I thought was high ground. Pfizer CEO, COVID-19 could be controlled by annual vaccines pills to treat. So now Pfizer says this is going to be annual. You know, the thing that you're fighting right now, the thing that under duress we had to implement through extortion, through the threat of you losing your livelihood and your future, and the thing that we're insisting you put your kids in, even in the face, in the unmitigated reality, that here we are a year after introduction and things are worse that's going to become normal. Oh, do normal. And what about all the other treatments that people have found successes with? The stuff that existed before Pfizer got the contract to trillions. What about that? And held harmless from all of the, all of the ramifications that a, a pharmaceutical company should be responsible for. You know, like if a pharmaceutical company sold a, 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 a drug as a pain pill, and it would become what's now known as an opioid and destroy the lives of millions. Shouldn't they be held responsible? No, not at all. And Pfizer is now in control of virtually everything. Uh, and we know that um, the, three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, uh, I do like lies with an accent, though. It's a tick I have. I love a good lie with an accent. In, in, against deaths, I think, very good. Um, and 
less protection against the infection. Now, we are working on a, on a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1, let me put it that way, that uh, will cover Omicron as well. And, uh, of course, uh, we are waiting to, to have the final results. The vaccine will be ready in March. It's going to be great. So they're going to have pills, too. Um, I, I would love to know if you'd take a pill. 312-642-5600. Would you take a pill? Bunny, would you take the pill? No. No, I, I have to agree with you. I, 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 you know me, my stance on the, on the, on the vaccine as well is I wouldn't, couldn't buy it from me. Couldn't have Pritzker write me one of those trust fund checks. Wouldn't take it. And the reason is not because I'm against medicine. I'm against bull dung. And this is bull dung. And I've been proven right again, bull dung. You launched it a year ago. What's the reality of the of the virus? What's the reality of illness? What's the death count? You know the one that everyone was so infatuated with when Trump was president? Well, we've doubled it now. Let's say we doubled it. It's ridiculous. Absolutely and totally ridiculous. And I'm still got some real questions about where this son of a bitchin' thing came from. I offer a brief comment to those that desire answers and to those that withhold them. That's me. To those seeking answers, I yeah. offer encouragement. Okay. There are good people striving for the truth, working together in and out of government, and they succeed. All right, that's the answer? That's the answer? Some fairy tale? Some don't worry, everything will be fine? You told me that a year and a half ago. You told me that as we're in the midst of the failure. That's not an answer. That's bull dung. Told you I'm allergic to that. Let's go to Marshall who wants to find out, too. Church, that's a direct quote from the DARPA rejection letter. The same proposal rejected by DARPA for gain-of-function potential was not rejected, but by NIAID under your leadership. You funded Project Diffuse and its research that took place at the Wuhan Institute right. of Virology. Why did you tell the committee that your agency has never funded gain-of-function research? Why did your agency award this grant despite it being rejected by DARPA? Hey, does anybody know what the COVID numbers are in Afghanistan? Why the Taliban seems to be controlling this COVID, huh? I don't hear a lick of that. Maybe they found the cure in Afghanistan. Maybe it's those beekeeper costumes they're all walking around in. Due to its concerns about violating the moratorium that was in place. And finally, will you commit today to release all records fully unredacted by the end of this week so Congress and the American people can know the truth about NIH's role and the origins of COVID-19? Now, this guy also the optimist who asked him to release his financial disclosures by the end of the week. Now he's throwing on the emails that incriminate this pickle-faced bastard as being an investor and possibly the founder of COVID-19. So, again, Senator, it really pains me to have to just point out to the American public how absolutely incorrect you are. What came out last night... How dare you read my emails and interpret them word for word? How dare you connect the dots of why in the hell I gave Dizak money and why in the hell I circumvented rules that have been in place for a decade? How dare you? You've got it all wrong. It's not me. wonder how many wives are sympathetic to this. Kira Elgin. So, Sean, I don't know why I would want to get vaccinated again. I mean, so far, there's absolutely no reason I would want to. Would that you take the pill? OC. No, I'm not going to take the pill. AOC, the mayor now has COVID. Newsom has COVID. 
all these vaccinated, boosted people all have COVID. So why would I even go even near the vaccine with everyone coming down with COVID after being vaccinated, boosted? Well, you would you would if you were a moron. You're obviously not a moron. You identify yourself as a non-moron by simply being one of my listeners. But the other thing I'm interested in is are you not in awe and admiration to a certain extent as AOC the 32-year-old bartender who is qualified to do absolutely nothing, has been able to spin the attention away from her Florida trip to visit Freedom as somehow the catalyst for her catching it, even though she had returned and been home for three days prior to catching it. Are you not in awe of it, Kira? Yes. Didn't she say DeSantis coughed on her? I'm not sure if that's a true story. <laughs> she was at a at a uh, a transvestite bar on the East Coast. <laughs> which, by the way, if you're going to go to the East Coast, I can tolerate it for like three hours. I really like a restaurant there called Chica's. I highly, highly recommend it. Then you get your valet and you get the hell out of that sore. Because what happens is you got a bunch of guys walking around dressed like AOC, pretending to be AOC. AOC and sing like JLo. It's all around a bad scene. And in the meantime, apparently, you can catch COVID over there. So, Kira, keep your eye on the ball and don't buy the bull dung. Thank you very much. I'm curious to know why. That, that's two. I have two women who will not take the pill. What about Misty? Is she going to take the pill? Ask her. Ask the lovely Misty Kelly. She wants to be paid to take the pill. I like that. I like that. Pill's got a price. I like it. I really do. And then you're going to have to deal with the IRS. Oh, but you are. <laughs> you are. If you don't take the pill, you don't take the vaccine. Guess what you did? You made the audit list. Did you not vote Democrat? It's like Chicago. You made the audit list. How's the IRS doing? Anybody want to know? So, yes, crazy all over again. Tax season upon us with January 24th, the first day you can actually file, a little less than two weeks away. But as if tax season isn't stressful enough, now the IRS warning of record backlogs that can slow the process and delay your refund, citing massive staff shortages. You know what fries me about this? What a gangster move this is. If they owe you money, you shut the hell up and wait for them to give it to you. If you owe them money, they make up the interest and compound it monthly. That's some gangster dung, boy. I love it. Backlogs. IRS Commissioner Chuck Reddit saying this. Listen, in many areas, he says we are unable to deliver the amount of service and enforcement that our taxpayers and the tax system deserve. Well, all right, I'm going to charge 18% compounded monthly. That's what you owe me, dummy. I want to act like a gangster, too. Deserves and needs. This, he says, is frustrating for the IRS employees and for me. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they're real upset about it. What happens when you're an IRS employee and you suck at your job? Do you get fired? Or do you just wait around for that annual party where you spend some of that budget? How's it work? Imagine how the taxpayers feel. Well, the IRS has not said how many filings they failed to finish, but as nah, of December, we'll there were six million unprocessed returns. Now, now, what happens to the people that want to buy a house? And the only thing holding them up is their filed tax return. What happens to those people? Well, then what happens to the economy as they're unable to buy that house? Well, these are complicated questions, aren't they? This is what happens when government sucks at its job, when it lies, when it cheats, and when you get used to it. All kinds of chaos and calamity. It's about six times more than the normal amount.
The Biden administration is using the unprecedented IRS bottleneck to push its social spending Build Back Better plan, which would have included a giant 80 billion expansion of the government agency. And that's how they're going to get it. They're going to say they're understaffed. We need help. We need money. You got to give it to us. We promise we won't use it against you, even though this ferret faced garland is going to intimidate parents and investigate Republicans. No, the IRS, they're not going to be political at all. And what happened when they were under Barack Obama? What happened when you caught that lovely Lois Lerner? What happened to that Viagra Slayer? She got to retire on a big fluffy pension that would make Fauci go, hmm, 312-642-5600. Take your calls when I get back. Love it. You know, I'm glad you played that. I'm going to work out a little bit after the show. Because I avoided something that aggravates me. I did. I admit it. I, avoid, I hate what's happening to the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois. I hate it. That's why you notice I, I've got all these clips. Lovely Misty Callahan plays this butter-handed, fish-faced pansy. Sharky. I can't stand the sound of his smarmy voice. You know what I'm talking about? The Chicago Teachers Union guy, Bunny? You know who he is. Looks like a carp without a hook in his mouth. Here he is. The mayor is being relentless. Listen to his but voice. Listen, listen to his voice. This is a man. The mayor is being relentless, <laughs> but she's being relentlessly stupid. Ooh. She, she's, Ooh. She's being relentlessly stubborn. Careful, Sharky. You get your ass kicked. You're going to lose to that tiny little lady in a man costume. I got 50 says she kicks your ass, bought her hands. But she had a better way to spin it. Let's pull the race card. I mean, those sounds like the the, uh, the comments of a desperate man. And I got to tell you, if I had a dollar for every time some uh, privilege um, clouded white guy called me stupid, I'd be a bazillionaire. There you go. You're going to get there anyway, honey. After all, your law firm is paying you $500,000 as, as what? We don't know. Not to mention the money you're absconding with. And I'd love to see your war chest. But in the meantime, she's got a very good point. I said war chest. Nobody wants to see the other thing. Believe me. I said war chest. The mayor is being relentless, but she's being relentlessly stupid. She's she's being relentlessly stubborn. Now, when she called him privileged, I wonder how many people know that his father-in-law owns a cruise line. That this fish face lives in a multi-million dollar, although I don't think it's still worth what it was two years ago, but at one time over $2 million dollar brownstone in the city of Chicago, and not in the neighborhoods he pretends to advocate for. He doesn't live there. I wonder how many people know he's nothing more than a communist apparatchik with generational lines to the Chicago communist mafia. I guess it would explain so much of what's going wrong, and then you couple that with this ideology that has taken over the rule of law in the city of Chicago. It's enough to even even upset a lifelong Democrat by the name of Tom Dart. Cook County has the largest number of people on electronic monitoring in the country, and many of them are violent offenders. Just think about that. Cook County has the largest number of people on ankle bracelets. That means they're scumbags. That means they're criminals. They're rapists. They're robbers. They're low-life scum who, unless they're sleeping or drunk, are looking to cause damage. WGN's Kelly Davis is here with a closer look at this program. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Ray and Micah. Electronic monitoring dates back to the 1980s. It was used as a way to deal with overcrowding in the Cook County Jail. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It goes back to the 80s. 
and it was used on guys that didn't pay child support. It was used on embezzlers from small firms. It was used on white-collar crimes. It wasn't used to turn and reunite gangster disciples and cartel members. wasn't used for that, dummy. But now, thanks to Peanut Head, that's the, just the norm. But the number of offenders out on Kim electronic Fox's monitoring Peanut. has doubled in just the last few years. That is not criminal justice reform. What that is, is making our streets more dangerous. Mayor Lori Lightfoot made some bold statements last week about Cook County's electronic monitoring program, pointing a finger at judges. We will never drive down our violent crime numbers if the judges don't wake up and recognize the harm that they are doing every single time. That they Listen here, Tiny Tim. You might be able to kick Sharky's ass, but you really don't want to take on that corrupt... Democrat judge mafia silver shovel, do you? They let one of these violent criminals back out on the street. Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart oversees the electronic monitoring program. He talked about it in detail at tonight's virtual forum. I've still been consistently saying that home monitoring is not a program for people charged with violent offenses. Cook County has about 2,600 people free on electronic monitoring. 2,600 on elect. All right, what's the under over for tonight? What's the under-over in carjackings? I say 30. What's the under-over for beatings on the CTA? I say 17. What's the under-over for shootings? Untold numbers. Number increased dramatically in the last few years due to jail reform and COVID-19 per car. You know what else I love? I love the idea that there are Chicago politicians and people who think the good news is we're going to put these criminals back in school tomorrow, and that's the answer, you stupid son of a gun. It's now the largest in the country. When we first started getting the real serious offenses, there was just a handful of them, and I literally did put a car out in front of those houses. But once that number got too high, the sheriff didn't have the resources. He says more than 75% of people on electronic monitoring are violent offenders. You know, how come when you walk in a store, the app on your phone knows what you're there to buy and pops up a coupon. But yet the justice system can't keep an eye on a rapist or a carjacker or a robber. What's the difference between an ankle bracelet and a Twitter app? Maybe we should have Twitter do the ankle bracelets so we know where in the hell these scumbags are. The biggest categories that we have, which once again completely flipped what it used to be, are gun offenders. Those are our largest group. They represent just under 50%, And these are not misdemeanors. They are federal gun offenses. Numbers from the sheriff's office show 90 people charged with murder are free on electronic monitoring. Another 40 people are... And all I'm thinking about when I listen to this is that Kim Fox won. The one who's in charge of this, not to mention the taller version of Lori Lightfoot, Grady Preckwinkle. Also in charge of it. And their job has never been more secure. You Democrats, brilliant. All one can say after looking at the wreckage of your policies, brilliant, marvelous. You're doing a splendid job. Charged with attempted murder and 852 people are charged with aggravated gun possession. Do you feel safer knowing these numbers? I don't think any sane person does. That should be what the Republicans take. As they run against every Democrat that holds an office and has destroyed Cook County and the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois and America. It's all the same. The names are fungible. The policies are what fails. And until the American people make Democrat a dirty word, you're in for more of this 
utopia these socialists keep promising. I've had a great time. Be back in 21 hours, and it'll be on Terrestrial Radio as well tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.